Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. It's a Thursday night. Got nothing better to do than sit around and talk about things that people could disagree with, right? <laughs> What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Just like I was saying, trying to trying to stay cool in this heat wave that we're having. Yeah, it was like I was out in it today most of the day. It got up to 108. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. It's going to be like that for a few days, so. Yeah, so tomorrow's supposed to be one like one thirteen or some shit. Damn. But it didn't, you know, it doesn't really bother me. Um I grew up in Tucson. I spent a lot of time in Phoenix. I've lived here for twenty one years, so it's not that bad. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. So it's hundred and eight, it's hundred and ten. It doesn't really start to bother me until it's about a hundred and fifteen. That's when it gets fucking weird. That's like opening the oven when you go outside. That's how I went to go uh, get some food right now. And as soon as I open my front door, it's like just a wave of heat. It's like smacks you around the face. Yeah. You got that that modern problem of staying inside in the cool air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've I've always just hated the heat uh, just in general because the way I always say is when it's cold, you could always put on more layers. Yeah. But when it comes to the heat, like there's only – so much you can do before you know you're fully naked and guess what you're still hot as hell <laughs> i don't want to see you naked lalo <laughs> <laughs> but you know i don't mind if other people want to take their clothes off you know it's fine it's fine it depends on the people <laughs> <laughs> be careful man we're gonna get uh what, what do you call that uh we're gonna get canceled <laughs> Gonna get cancel culture on us. I, you know, fuck that. That reminds. I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day, and and he said, um, he's sick of it. He's like, we're guys. We say guy shit. Leave us alone. You know. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually like I probably like maybe like a year ago around this time, I would listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, but I feel like he kind of like grew like grew old on me i guess yeah because the one thing like don't get me wrong like i like him he's like a cool dude you know like some of his interviews and stuff but one thing i've noticed from watching a lot of his uh his podcast is that depending on like his uh attitude and perspective on things changes literally like every episode depending on who he's talking to especially when it comes to more uh like political uh, guests, you know? Yeah. So, you know, when he's talking to someone like, you know, Bernie Sanders or like Andrew Yang, he's, he's very, you know, liberal. And then when he's talking to like fucking Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro, you could see him kind of, you know, go back and forth between, you know, he thinks when, when he's talking to somebody like that, the other, whatever they say, he'll, he'll just take yeah face value, you know? Right. Uh, a lot of time. I mean, there's been times I've seen where he kind of he'll like push back and, you know, he'll kind of, you know, push back on whatever they say or, you know, their ideology. But for the most part, he kind of just runs with it. And he's kind of taking that approach of like, well, you know, you're kind of, you know, the expert. So I'm going to, you know, take what what you say is as as being true, you know. Well, and I think sometimes 
that could backfire you. That could backfire on him depending on uh, who he's actually talking to, you know? Yeah, who was he talking to when he, he pulled that vaccine bullshit? I didn't um, – I never thought about that. I forgot who it was, but I know it was just some like uh, – it's probably like one of his MMA buddies. Oh, okay. Um, but see, yeah, that's what I mean. Like stuff like that, he'll uh, he'll – kind of just roll with it and be like yeah it's fucking dumb like you know you don't have to take it if you're fucking 21 and younger or whatever but i bet if he was having that same conversation with like you know like bernie sanders or something and then bernie explained to him like why it's important to for like everybody to take the vaccine you yeah. know and why it matters and why it should matter then he would kind of be like oh, okay yeah that makes sense you know i agree with that <laughs> but because it wasn't him it wasn't that point of view that he was you know talking to he kind of said the opposite. It was another fucking like meathead. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, like he's he said it. He's said it multiple times. Like, don't don't take political like advice from him. Like, he's not a politician. He's not an expert in any of that. Like, you know, right? Which I feel like a lot of people do. Uh, you know, they'll they'll listen to his stuff and then they'll be like, oh, this dude's like a fucking genius and shit, and you know. Well, that's exact, dude. That is exactly why, at the end of this podcast and every podcast you and I do, I will remind everyone: it's possible we're fucking wrong. I mean, it's just, it's just a podcast. It's not like we're. I, I don't have a PhD in anything, and it's just our opinion. It's just two guys sitting around fucking shooting the shit. Really, is what this is. Not, not was saying we're we're educated and we have jobs and we have opinions that are based in fact, but. At the same time, even those factual opinions could be wrong. Right. So, you know, that you got to give it to Joe Rogan, though, man. He's, he's really the, the very first podcaster who made it, and he, he's still going, man. Yeah, he definitely uh, set the stage for this wave of like everybody and their mom starting a podcast, including yeah. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't think my mom would start a podcast, but <laughs> yeah, maybe if it was like the you know the hey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, literally any topic you could think of, there's a podcast on it nowadays. So, yeah, yeah, um, anything. There's no shortage uh, of that, um, which I mean, I don't think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, you know, it's, it's good to to listen to, you know, people regardless of you know what whatever they may have to say and it's good to sometimes just uh you know I'll, I'll flip on a podcast that has like nothing to do with like politics right or you know something more that's a little lighter you know and more uh digestible and not as as uh harsh you know if that right. makes sense yeah just, just to take a break from it all sometimes because i mean that's what we need everybody needs uh that at some point well i get isn't that what what's our podcast been about most of the time is politics and you're right sometimes yeah. i just flip on a podcast it's about i i listened to one the other day about a guy who was a carpenter and he was talking about his life as a carpenter and i thought this is probably boring as hell to somebody but fuck i i think the thing that we need to do more often is listen to each other instead of trying to over talk yeah. each other and if you listen to the guy that's the carpenter or the doctor or the lawyer or everybody's got something to say and a different way of looking at things. And, and I think that's what the podcast world's about. We're all just, we're all just talking. 
And I think um, a lot of those like different points of view, just, I mean, they're natural to be, it's natural for them to be different just because we all have different like life experiences. You know, we all grew up differently. Um, it's like this, uh, I've heard of this saying that, you know, if you get seven people, uh, seven blind people and you, you know, put, you put them in front of an elephant, a different part of the elephant's body. Yeah. And you ask them to, to describe to you, like, what, what does an elephant look like? You know? Yeah. You know, all seven of them will tell you something different, you know? It's a the pillar. Touching, it's a wall. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, that's how, that's how humans are. You know, we all grow up in different environments, different settings. Um, so we're bound to have different opinions and different ideas of how we think, um, you know, we, we should live our lives. And I mean, some of them are obviously, uh, you know, a little harsher or, you know, just flat out wrong in my opinion. But, um, (laughs) I mean, I, I truly believe we're, we're, we're all products of, of our environment. Um, so, you know, it's, it's normal to see, you know, more, uh, radical, uh, points of view. Um, so it's kind of, it's important to, to kind of, you know, see, see their points of view as them growing up where they did, you know? Right. And that the way that they think, the way that a lot of people think um, has less to do with them personally and a lot to do with everything around them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I always take that into consideration, um, especially talking to people, you know, like, especially like in this country, um, you know, growing up in fucking L.A. or like the Bay Area is completely different than growing up in, you know, somewhere in like Alabama or Mississippi. Oh it's yeah, like, definitely. It's like two different worlds, you know. It's same. You guys live in the same country, you know. United States, same rights, uh, you know, technically, but it's technically <laughs> completely different, like worlds. You know, if you were to, you know, put them right next to each other. Well, it's really cool. I I have a a friend who lives in West Virginia, and he, it's been years now, but he came out to visit me, and he was totally fucking blown away being here, and. You know, I grew up in West Virginia. I grew up in Arizona. I've lived here and I've seen all different kinds of people and lived all different kinds of lives. And it's really cool to see, to watch somebody come from one culture into another one and, and wake up. And a lot of people never get that chance. They just stay in their little small town they judge everything from that small town point of view and they don't want anything to do with that outside world. So it's, it was really cool to see him come out here and see Hollywood and, and see LA and see, you know, downtown and drive over the grapevine. And it was just, it was really awesome to watch. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's like, you know, maybe almost like half of our country lives, you know, kind of like that, you know, in that, you know, Southern state of mind of, you know, conservatism and, you know, tradition, traditional American values, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's why you get such, uh, like polarizing views and, you know, every election you'll get, you know, you think, you know, like there's no way, you know, us living here in California, even though it's, you know, Kern County is pretty red, like California in general is, you know, heavily blue. You know, you think to yourself, like, how there's no way, like, how do people think like this? You know, it's it's hard to process sometimes. Like, you try to put yourself in in their shoes, and you know, as hard as you try, it's kind of hard to be like, how how do you, you know, seeing the world as it is? How do you 
how do you think these things, you know, how do you believe what you believe? Right. But, uh, you know, trying to put yourself in someone's shoes and, you know, actually being that person, I think are a little, you know, they're two different things. And like I said, you know, growing up when all you know is what's around you and all the stuff that's around you is, you know, especially if you live in the South there, you know, tend to be, you know, a poor state, poor, you know, communities for the most part. Um, you know, I, I can see why people think that pink people think the way that they do down there. Oildale is a lot like that. Oildale is a lot like that. Yeah. Yeah. One of those like Mississippi, like little Mississippi or little Alabama, (laughs) little Mississippi. (laughs) There's, um, I, I know people in this town. I've met people in this town. When I came here, I thought that was indicative only of my culture. Okay. I came from West Virginia and I thought, man, when I get to California, everybody's going to be like fucking worldly and they're going to be philosophical. And, you know, I had this weird view that a lot of people have of California, like it's something that it's not. And when I got here, I met people that had never been out of Kern County. And I thought, well, fuck, man, that's just like where I came from. And you look at a large number, a large portion of the population of any place a lot of people has just never traveled. They've never been outside their state that they were born in. And it's really fucking strange to think that it's, it's the 21st century and we're still doing the same things that we were before. And I know that a lot of us now, like I've been all over the fucking place and been all over the world. And I see things in a, from a different viewpoint, but I still understand that mindset of, and I, I used to call it closed-minded, but now I don't. It's not closed-minded. It's just the way they are. It's not a closed mind. They, how can you have an open or closed mind when you've never been out from where you were born? Yeah. And I mean, to me personally, even now, I don't think you have to travel the world to, you know, become, you know, like you said, open-minded or to, you know, to listen to other people. Because I mean, in in the age of the internet, like literally everything we've ever known or learned or, you know, everything, every single piece of information that humans have ever known is available to us. Right. Like 100% of it. Um, well, except who shot, who shot Kennedy. We don't, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Tupac and Biggie, but well, I think I think we went two different directions <laughs> at the beginning of that sentence. There's that fucking generation gap that's that's a, whole, a large part of this podcast. It's like that hesitation, and you're thinking something <laughs> completely different from me. Yeah, Ken. Okay, who shot Tupac? I have no clue. <laughs> I miss two of us. <laughs> I miss Tupac. I still listen to Tupac. I, I was riding around listening to. California love in the work band the other day pretty loud <laughs> you know I actually I actually love like the whole uh or I don't know if love is the correct word but I'm fascinated by the whole like Kennedy like assassination thing yeah like I've seen so many like docuseries and like shows about it like um it's just crazy to me like how how that happened uh-huh. and it kind of it just makes me think of like you know it makes me always put on my little like tinfoil hat when I look at like Kennedy stuff, because I'm like, there's no fucking way this was just like some crazy dude from like that defected from, from Russia and shit. Right. Like there's no way. 
Well, just the shot, just the, the shot, the bullet the shots. Yeah, yeah, no way. It's like, yeah. So um, <laughs> every time I see those things, I'm like, the government's a little, a little sus. <laughs> a little sus. My daughter taught me that maybe, word. Maybe, yeah. maybe there is a giant pedophilia underground child ring going on somewhere. <laughs> Maybe QAnon's not wrong after all. Oh my God, no! Don't take that tinfoil hat off, dude. Come on, <laughs> come on, because no, you kidding. you know the UFOs and what did they- oh UFOs are one hundred percent real. There's yeah like, no way. I, I I know that, but it, because they're UFOs, does not automatically mean there's alien life visiting us because. You think about it. If they're not telling us who shot Kennedy, they're probably not telling us all the all the. Uh, oh no! Yeah, technology. No, I don't know if I believe. I'm just. I just 100 believe that they exist. Like in how thinking about how huge our universe is, mm-hmm. and it's like ever expanding. Like there's no way. There's no other planet that's like you know just the right distance from you know their star, to, to to make life. You know to be able to to I agree. Life. And even then, like, I've always thought, like, you know, people say, like, you know, the, these planets, like, you know, they don't c- contain oxygen and stuff like that. Like, what if there's life out there that doesn't need oxygen? Well, there's life they, like, here that doesn't need oxygen. There's those those life forms that live in fucking battery acid. I mean, you know. Right. All- so, like, you know, it's just like the the probability of life somewhere else not existing, I would say is slim to none. Right. I I get it, but how? In order to, it, you're right. I got. I just got to say it because physics here doesn't mean it, physics is the same in another galaxy, right? But in order to travel that distance to get from the Andromeda galaxy or up to here, it, that's the trick. And how many lifetimes does it take us to get to the closest star? And we're saying that they're so far ahead and technologically advanced that they can get here in a reasonable amount of time, study us and go back. And I mean, are the nearest life form to us might not even be, uh, they might be even like behind us when it comes to like right. technology and stuff, you know, so they might be even like stone age and they have, they don't. They can't even comprehend of life outside of their planet. So, you know, it's just. I just hope they're not as stupid as we are, man. <laughs> you know, they're I worshiping. They're not as, I they're just hope wor- they're not hostile. If anything, well, who knows? Who knows? Seriously, you got to you got to think that the universe has been here for how many billion fucking years? Life's only been here for what two hundred million, two sixty five, some shit like that. So. We're talking about life could have formed and went extinct and reformed it went extinct again. again, You know, so who knows what the hell is going on out there? Yeah. I'm with you though. I why don't we why don't we fix what's wrong here before we you know go to Mars and we don't we don't need Mars. We don't need to go to Mars. We don't need to go to the fucking moon. We need to fix homelessness. We need to fix hunger. We need to fix disease. But it seems like we're dead set on going ahead with these technological marvels 
while people sit and starve to death while they're leaning against the fucking food max. And that doesn't make any sense to me, dude. Seriously. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a, like, personally, I'm not opposed to all these, like, you know, like, uh, companies, like, you know, trying to explore, like, Mars or, like, trying to reach Mars or, you know, the moon and all that stuff. But, yeah, like you said, like, I'm pretty confident that we can do both of those things. We just choose not to. A lot of the things we, we need or that, you know, I think are good ideas um, are things we are 100% capable of achieving right now. It's not in some like future, like utopian society. Like we can fix homelessness if we really wanted to right now. We can, you know, provide healthcare for literally everybody right now. Like these are not, you know, maybe someday type of things. Like we can do all those things right now without a doubt. Like we just, the thing is, the people that have the power to make those changes, uh, it doesn't benefit them to make them, if that makes sense. Yeah, but you know? in the long run, wouldn't it benefit capitalism if everybody could participate? Um, maybe, but they don't see it that way. They see it in, they're not trying to benefit the system as a whole. They want to benefit themselves. Does that make sense? Right. Like they could care less if there's more billionaires. They just want to be, be, they just want to become a billionaire or they want to become richer, you know? Right. So I don't think a lot of those like, you know, super wealthy people care enough about, you know, let's bring everybody up and, you know, we'll have more rich people and, you know, expand capitalism and all all this. They just, they're worried about their, their wallets and their bottom line and, you know, what they achieve in their lifetime. Well, at least today was a good day because the most conservative court that we've had in my lifetime struck down the the uh, Affordable Care Act uh, uh, lawsuit. Opposition, yeah, the opposition to it. And, I'm starting uh, to think Roberts isn't conservative at all with all his <laughs> decisions. I know, lately. I know. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think he's he's more on the like on the balance side of things. You know? I think he's a centrist. I do. Yeah. So now, but the, finally, you know, and I, I despise calling it Obamacare. I, I don't know why it just, it, it's not just Obama who did that. It was a, a whole lot of people had their, their hands on that. It's the affordable care act. And that makes much more sense to call. If, if you would call it, if the media would stop calling it Obamacare and call it, the Affordable Care Act, then people would be able to swallow it better. It would be it would make more sense to call it. It's the Affordable Care Act. It's affordable care for everyone, and that makes sense. But people who hate Obama like to call it Obamacare and then hate on everything that he did, even if it helps them. Even if it of- helps them, and I, I'm I don't you even know, know they, how they, to approach they that. Because we live in like in a country where let's say uh, that the Affordable Care Act gets like uh, rescinded, you know, and then, you know, millions of these people get like kicked off their insurance or lose their insurance. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to blame Joe Biden. Yeah, that's exactly. literally what would happen. So it's that sort of like backwards thinking that that we live in right now that kind of just we're just running in circles, like chasing our tail, trying to. Trying to run forward, you know. Well, the the thing that I read the thing that I read the day that was so funny it was 
as soon as the lawsuits were struck down, the Republicans began to make fun of the liberals who were worried about the lawsuit being successful. And I thought, why don't you, you know, it's mind boggling of how these fucking people, these leaders of ours spin and spin and spin to try to stay away from any blame or any negativity. They, they, they're the ones that filed the fucking lawsuits and when they lose the lawsuit, they make fun of the people who <laughs> thought that the lawsuits might win. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they just continue to shroud themselves in, in this cloud of ignorance that they hope that people can't see through. And really people can't see through it because they're still there. Yeah. I think just politicians in general, just like kind of live in their own, like separate world, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, I think most of them, um, like they don't pay much attention to the actual people they represent, especially when it comes to like, uh, like house members, just cause there's so many, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, part of that is because they, like they have, you know, they have this, this influence and this power that, uh, kind of doesn't, it doesn't really matter like if they uh if they vote one way or another cuz they could just go on TV and you know bash the other side and then they'll just get reelected. Right. You know, and I mean there's a few ideas of like how I how you can like try to fix that, you know, people have talked about like term limits um but I would I would put a lot of restrictions on like pol- elected officials, uh, especially politicians like uh, a salary like max uh, I think they get paid m- more than enough right now. I would cap it at like maybe like a hundred grand, regardless of you know tenure or like if they're a senator or a house representative. Right. Um, I would make it illegal for them to participate in um, the stock market, for example. Uh, <laughs> that's where a lot of them like get their money. And I mean, at the end of the day, like they're a public servant. If you don't want to, you know, if you want to make your money in the stock market, go right ahead. But you can't be a public servant when it comes to, you know, being uh, in the, in Congress. Yeah. That does look suspicious when you are taking money from businesses and companies that you own stock in. Right. So, you know, it's all these little things that kind of create a conflict of interest for all these politicians that if we were just to get rid of, um, I think there would be, you know, a lot more things like past and just a lot more, things done in general because it's very it's a very slow moving body of government uh compared at least to the other two well even even when you get a a a firecracker in there like aoc she you know she, she can only do so much because like you said the system crawls at a snail's pace even slower than that for change so she can rile up a bunch of people and get them to, you know, protest and do a bunch of things. And then as soon as it comes up for a vote, it just gets struck down. And then maybe the next time it goes a little further and the next time it goes a little further and then, oh my gosh, it passed the house, but it can't get past the Senate. And then it, it passes both, but now the president has to sign it. And you're talking about something that got started 10 years ago 
Juneteenth is a good example. How long did it take to get that through? And that's just a fucking federal holiday they wanted. Not yeah. not housing or taxes or something that's going to affect millions of people or help millions of people. So these things, these things changes very slow in the United States, but it's the way it's set up, isn't it? Yeah, it's always been set up for, um, you know, that whole checks and balances. Right. Um, but I don't think even like, you know, the founding fathers could have ever imagined it would be the way that it is right now. Because, I mean, it would it's just unthinkable, you know, in their time, like that we would that it would run this way, you know, based on, you know, now we have like lobbyists and, you know, the age of the Internet. Like I said, the Internet changed everything like forever, man. Right. Like the way everything runs changed the way uh, changed the, the minute we got, you know, the Internet because it made everything faster. It made everything, you know, more accessible. And there's no way they could have predicted that, you know, back then. Um, so, yeah, they they probably had an idea. You know, they had like a rough, rough idea of uh, of the way they wanted to, to run the government and the way they think it should run. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the, what they wanted to avoid was what they were fleeing in the first place. You know, what they defeated in the Revolutionary War. Right. They didn't want, you know, this single like monarchy of power anymore. They wanted, you know, a democracy. Right. Um, but I mean, we're still technically like a democracy or a republic, whatever you want to call it, a representative democracy, if you want to get technical, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I don't think they ever would have predicted this. And if they, and if you could put them, if you could show them the way our government works now, I'm pretty sure they would have tweaked the constitution, uh, here and there to make sure, um, it doesn't happen. It wouldn't have happened, you know? Yeah, they would have put term limits in right away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just... And I mean, I've, I've always been of the mindset that there's there's usually two, two types of people. People that uh, take the Constitution as a living document, meaning uh, it changes and adapts with the time that we live in, you know? Right. Um, and then there's people that are like strict, like you know, you can't stray from the constitution at all. Like, you know, what it, if it's not in the constitution, then, you know, send it to, to the states, you know, it's states' rights. Um, so, you know, there, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, I don't think that second one's very smart at all because you kind of, you get left in the past, you know, that way. Right. Um, especially as technology and just society advances. Well, you need a document that's going to change with society and reflect that society as a whole. Well, that's, that's progressive. That's progressive politics. That's, that's the same thing as um, Christianity. You have progressive Christians who call the Bible a living document that it, it can be interpreted using modern, uh, modern occurrences, modern readings, but, and do you still have the, you know, the fucking Quakers? They're still, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're still up there in Pennsylvania, still doing the whole 5,000 year old book, you know, there it is. It's the yeah. way it is. So we we do have to change. We do have to change because when when the founding father, you can't. You're absolutely right. The founding fathers could not have even. They couldn't even have said, you know, there's going to be cars one day, and we're going to fly around the globe, and the Earth's going to get a little smaller, and we're going to be doing business um, in real time with people in France because you know they're mailing shit. That's like I want to, I want to do business with you, and they're having to mail it or go over there to talk to them. 
And now it's like you pick up the fucking phone. I want to talk to the president of France. There it is. Yeah. It's just, it, like you said, it's, it's a snow pace. Mm-hmm. Like we move at a snow pace. Um, but I mean, you mentioned like AOC and, you know, throwing firecrackers into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you get enough AOCs in Congress, that's when you'll really see like that snowball effect of like shit getting done, you know? Yeah. Um, but the problem is for every fucking AOC that we get, we get a Marjorie Taylor green. That's the fucking problem. Yeah, but even then, like, it's like, I it's think, like green is almost a retaliation for AOC. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think, I mean, as a country, like as a country, we've become a lot more progressive, you know, in time, just naturally, you know? Um, and I think, you know, within the next, I would say 20 years, uh, I think most branches of government um, will be blue and they, they'll stay blue for, for quite a while, barring some like catastrophe, you know, or like major <laughs> fucking fuck up. You mean like a 2024 reelection of Donald Trump? You mean that kind of catastrophe? <laughs> no, I mean like some sort of like fucking <laughs> like they've been fucking scamming the United States, like kind of kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I just feel like conservatism is dying. Like that there's no getting around that. Like it's, it's kind of like boxing to me. Boxing to me is a dying sport. You know, we have all these, like, you know, these celebrity like boxing fights nowadays that, you know, kind of perk people's perk up, uh, people's ears up, you know, to pay attention to it for a little bit. But for the, like, if you see the trend of, of, of boxing, it's a dying sport. And in my eyes, so is, uh, the Republican Party. Well, there are still millions, billions of fucking dollars made in, in the boxing. And I think that the, the thing that's happening now, which is very disappointing to me, is like YouTubers fighting over the hill retired boxers. It doesn't interest me at all. I haven't watched it, but it, I get the combat sports is not dying because MMA is growing at, at a massive rate right now. They're already on 263. So they've fought, they've had 263 fights and, and they're already planning like they're 10 ahead in the planning stages, but things, I don't think things are dying as much as they're just warping and changing and morphing, but I'm going to have to disagree with you, dude. I don't think conservatism is dying at all. If you, the South is still fucking just crazy conservative and you still have Donald Trump and you still have all the people that support him. And if you look at it, if you look at what he's doing right now, he's starting to, he's already starting to say, you know, Hey, we lost in 2020. He said it today. We may have lost in 2020, but we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, there's always going to be, I mean, the South is going to stay the South for a long time, probably like generations, you know? Yeah. But the, the but the impact they're going to have um, in our government, I think is diminishing and will diminish over time. Uh, I mean, Texas and Florida were like, I mean, especially Texas, you know, mm-hmm. it was pretty right down the middle of this election. Um, Arizona you know, that, too. Yeah. You know, that that's gun loving fucking 
rooting to in Texas right there. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, that almost flipped blue. Um, <laughs> and I, they're, you know, they're holding on by a thread there. And if they lose Texas and, you know, we already have California. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much game over for, for a while. You know, every single other state in the South could be red for the rest of fucking existence. If you have, you know, New York, Texas, California, uh, you know, even if you have Florida every once in a while. Right. Um, like, it's done. Like, your the presidency will be blue for a long time. I don't know, man. It's, just, it's a dangerous time right now in this this changeover. I, I see. What is that? Uh, the oddest thing that I've seen in politics recently is, I can't remember her name. Is it Omar? Uh, Omar Ilhan? Yeah. With yeah. her, with her head scarves and things that infuriates people in the South for, you know, and it, I'm not saying they're right or wrong or anything. Well, they are wrong, but it infuriates them and it riles them up and it causes them to, to do things like elect green. And it, I don't see yeah, it dying, man. I, I see I'm, it's like a fight. Yeah. I get that. You know, it's going to infuriate them and it's, you know, they're, you know, it's a racist, yeah. you know, community. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's only so much they can do. Like they're not, they're going to vote. For, they can't vote. Johan Omar out of office, you know, right? Unless they all move to fucking wherever she's from. I think she's like from Minnesota. Or Minnesota, something. yeah. Unless they all move to Minnesota and you know vote there, <laughs> like there's only so much they can do to to <laughs> react to that, you know. They don't have enough money to move to Minnesota. You know, brother. no, 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 <laughs> no amount of you know racist rants on Facebook is gonna take her out of office. Um, but what I'm seeing is like over time, like uh, these like even red state even like most red states if not all of them you know they're big like urban cities like those are blue like yeah. most of the time you know you go to atlanta you go to uh nashville like those are deep red states but you go to these big cities where you know a vast majority of the population lives those places are blue well what do you what do you think the trend's going to be when all what's happening right now is a lot of cities are emptying out and they're going rural. Those people are, do you think those people are taking their liberal and left views with them? And, or? Yes. I think they're taking their liberal uh, social views with them. And I mean, I've always said it social, uh, social policy and economic policy is pretty much one in the same. You can try to, you know, make them different or, you know, tell them apart, but they, they go hand in hand. They affect one another, um, you know, all the time. Right. So by, by, you know, all these people, you know, going to the suburbs or going to more, you know, you know, there's a big, you know, the, the big thing that we heard about was, you know, all these people moving to Texas. Cause you know, it's way cheaper over there. You could buy a fucking mansion for like $10. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 1250 buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can move there, but, I think a lot of those people are going to vote blue and, you know, they're going to try to fear monger and be like, you know, if you bring these, these, I, this ideology with you, you know, you're just going to get another California where, you know, you can't afford to live anywhere. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's gonna, that's going to convince as many people as they think it is. Um, <laughs> because at the end of the day, people want to live 
you know, like fulfilling like happy lives. And if, you know, the policy that's that's being passed and being like dictated around them, um, like affects those people on a personal level, um, I think it'll be enough to sway them. And I mean, you could go even deeper than that and say, I mean, at some point within, you know, the next 50 to 100 years, like uh, white people will be a minority in the United States. So aren't I already? Uh, not in the United States as a whole, maybe in like Bakersfield or California. <laughs> well, yeah, I know in Bakersfield, man, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, like if you want to, you know, talk in the grand scheme of things, like a lot of uh, Republican policy, I mean, whether you like to admit it or not is, uh, it's kind of oppressive, you know, especially yeah. to minorities. Um, and when you're going to, at some point you're going to have a majority of those minorities, and it's not going to fly with them to introduce all these, you know, all these policies that would affect them personally and would, you know, oppress them. And that's when you're going to re- really see like a shift change in 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 votes. I think it's going to be a, a slow like shift, right? But I could definitely see it coming, and I don't think there's any way they can stop it. But yeah, you know, they could redline the fuck out of every county in, in you know, the southern hemisphere of the United States. But not even that at some point, it's going to be it's going to be too much like, you know, gerrymandering and, you know, all these like voter suppression bills like that could only work so, so far. That can yeah. only take you so far to the point at some point it's it's not going to be enough. And I think they see that. Um, and if they don't, then I think they're blind to it or they're ignorant to it because um, I mean, I mean, I've heard several people talk about it and I I'm pretty confident that it's coming. It's, it's like I said, it's a slow shift. So it might not seem like it. Cause you know, we still hear like all this crazy shit, especially with like uh, Marjorie Taylor green and all these things, you know? So it's kind of hard to like envision that happening, but I truly believe that it is. And I think I'll see it um, at least start to take shape in my lifetime. You will. Uh, you will, because I just read it. Uh, white people will be a minority in America in 2043. Yeah, see, so it's... And I mean, that's not... When I say that, I don't mean that like in a negative way. Like That's not an attack on white people, you know? Um, I know a lot of people will take it like that because they're, they're afraid, you know? Yeah. They're afraid that they're going to lose their, their way of life. Uh, and that scares a lot of people especially, you know, a lot of those Southern people that, you know, they've lived a certain way for a long time. That, that's those states have been, you know, kind of stuck in the 19, in the 1800s for a long time Yeah. when it comes to their way of thinking, you know, 1800 with four wheel drives. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of those people, they're, they're afraid. That's what's driving this anger and this, and this, this prejudice, this racism, it's, it's fear. It's fear of, of being, you know, quote unquote, like taken over or, or conquered. When, I mean, there's, I mean, the vast majority of people on the other side, that's not what they want. They don't want to have, you know, they don't want to reverse the roles and be like, oh, well, let's see how you like it being oppressed, you know? You know, what they want is just what you have now. It's to be treated the way you're treated right now. I, I, 
I'm treated pretty well, so I don't think about it too much. I'm a I'm a, a minority here in town, and I have, yes, I have been, <laughs> I have been uh, singled out and ignored for the color of my skin, not in any dangerous way, but I don't feel like I'm going to lose my way of life. That's that's not the way I look at it at all. But you're right. The the people in the south, it's fear mongering. The whole thing is. The whole thing's fear-mongering. If, if people would just stop and listen, if you would go down and ask, you know, really truly get a group of people together and say, okay, what are you afraid of? What? Why are you afraid of becoming a minority? And I'm sure they could vocalize a lot of it without sounding too fucking racist, but that's basically what they are is – racist people they live in a racist culture driven by racist ideals with racist political leaders the whole thing is down there is a whole different fucking world and i mean like you said you know if you ask if you ask people like that like why why are you afraid of becoming a minority and if you really listen to to their answers you know if you go past the you know probably the racist comments that, that they'll make you know, the main gist of their, their answer is going to be, I'd want to be treated differently, which is what's happening right now to right. the current minorities, you know? So they, it's like they subconsciously know. And I mean, some of them even consciously know that the way these minorities are treated is not fair and it's not right. And they don't, they don't want to be treated like that. They're okay with them being treated like that because it's not affecting them. But they know if the possibility is for for it to be, you know, reversed, that's, that's going to scare them. (laughs) I wonder if a lot of them are going to be a lot nicer in the next 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, again, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. Like, I'm not saying, you know, white people are going to become, you know, like fucking enslaved or some shit like that, you know? Um, They shouldn't. We're pretty lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I just think, you know, you're going to, it's, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, it's, it's uh, like I said, some conscious, like it's uncomfortable to see because like to see equality across the board, because I mean, if you really look at it, we've never seen it. No. Um, and it's, it's uncomfortable. It's different. They don't recognize it. They, they're not used to it. You know, it's different. It's change and change always scares, you know, human beings from, from the beginning of time. But it's, it's, there's, I think there's, there's two driving forces when it comes to change in our future. Uh, One of them is, is race. uh, When it comes to like, you know, the overtaking of, you know, like, uh, you're getting a lot of more like multi multicultural people and like, biracial people, you know, like, that's, that's not slowing down anytime soon. Right. But I think an even bigger, uh, like category that's going to really drive the change um, is class. Yeah. Poverty. Uh, classism here yeah. in the United States has way more to do uh, with how people are treated than, than any other factor, even than race, I would say, you know, a poor black person has a lot more in common with a poor white person than a rich black person. Right. Um, so regardless of your race, you know, if you're poor, you're poor and you know what being poor feels like. And a lot of people are feeling that right now. And it's going to come to a point where, you know, I think we've talked about it before. There's going to be like a tipping point where, you know, you're going to see a lot of people like kind of that self-realization of like, like I'm worth more than this. 
You yeah. Know? And it's going to flip a switch. And I think it'll be, it'll be a great thing because I think it's going to be the start of, of, of a lot of good change. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting concept that you just threw up there because if you, we got this big thing in, in, in America, it was like, we need to get more um, females into politics. We need to get more blacks into politics. We need to get more Asians. We need to get more. What if you just got more poor people into politics? <laughs> that would do way more. That would do way more because poor people, like you said, mm -hmm. a poor white man and a poor black man and a poor, you know, Puerto Rican, they're, they're all poor. They all know what that means and what their problems are. And if you could solve the poverty problem, you pretty much could join hands with just about anybody. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting um, concept, dude. I never thought of that. I think, I think maybe we should just have poor people. Maybe that should be the next new law. If you make more than, <laughs> if you make more than minimum, minimum wage, you can't run for office. <laughs> Well, then if you, if you put all the poor people in power, then you'd really have the Republican takeover at that point. <laughs> oh, but, shit, dude. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Yeah. that, And I mean, I agree with you, like uh, classism and this this class, this this wealth gap that we that we have in the United States. It's so big, man. It's like it's hard to comprehend. Like, you know, we, the words like trillionaire or like billionaire and millionaire just get thrown out, like, you know, silly, like all over the place. Yeah. But if you, if you actually were to like, think about how much money that is, like, it's crazy. Like if you play your cards, right. I mean, a vast majority, and I mean, like probably like 90% of people, 90% plus of people, if you gave them a million dollars right now, um, they'd be set for a vast majority, if not their entire life. Yeah. Yeah. If they continue to live at the level that they're living now. And I mean, even they could even improve it, you know, somewhat. Cause I mean, if they're like, you know, in the slums, they're not going to continue to live in the slums and just, you know, but I mean, with a million dollars, like someone can really like, you could change your life, not only for you, but like for your future generations to come. Yeah, buy a $750,000 house, a $200,000 car, $50,000 worth of beer, and end up selling it next year. That's basically, we've discussed that before. You can't give, you can't give people who've never had a, a lump sum of money a lump sum of money. You can't give it to yeah. them because they have no fucking clue what to do with it. As, as, right. my, as my net worth has climbed, I've had to think about what I'm doing and, and I'm starting to invest money now. It's, which is fucking bizarre to me that I'm even at that point. But at, at 56, I have $4,000 in, in my retirement, dude. Let's see. That would be approximately, if I tire, retired at 65, that would be approximately, I'd have to go back to work at 65 in one month. <laughs> <laughs> I could take a one month vacation. Yeah. With and I mean, money. the, the solution isn't, I'm not proposing like we just give a million dollars to everybody. I'm just saying like, if people were to make even like just a little bit more than they make now, I mean, yeah. in some places like a lot more, 
Um, but I mean, here in California, um, and you know where you're talking about, you're talking about the fucking South who you were just downgrading. They're the (laughs) ones that need the fucking cash a little bit at a time. They they need a lot. Um, they need a lot of cash, but like at increments, you know? Yeah. Like we're, you're not gonna like, you know, if I had the power to just, you know, snap my fingers and, you know, change the minimum wage, like I'm not going to go from 725 to like. Well, technically, I would go from 725 to like 21, but I wouldn't do it like overnight, you know? Yeah, you I would go like in increments. Years. Yeah. Um, like California's went up over a period of like five years. Right. And that's I mean, smart. We, we have to keep up with uh, one, uh, inflation, and then two, um, like productivity. Like the minimum wage, uh, I was talking to one of our coworkers. He was talking about how, you know, when he was like 16 or like 17, his first job, he made like five, five something an hour. Yeah. And that was like 20 plus years ago. Yeah. So in, tw- in 20, in over 20 years, the minimum wage has gone up $2. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy to think, man. Okay. My first job was in 1980. And I made $2.85 an hour, bro. So it's I mean, only my, in, my in first the- job was in, uh, 2013 and i made uh like 725 i think or 750 the minimum wage was still pretty low back then so from 80 to 2021 it's still 725 it's only gone up like two like four dollars four and a half dollars in fucking 40 years (laughs) yeah and i mean such bullshit man it is it's it's crazy to think about because and a lot of people you know they they have that mindset of like, you know, well, businesses, they can't sustain, you know, high minimum wages. Well, you know, if you if you love your, you know, your capitalistic, you know, society, you know, capitalism says if you can't sustain business, like if you can't pay your employees and, you know, stay in business, then you shouldn't be in business to begin with. Right. You know, if you can't adapt with the times and you, you can't, you know sell your product enough or, you know, whatever you sell services, whatever to pay your employees, what, what is deemed by the market, then, then you shouldn't be in business. That's capitalism. Like one one you know, you know, Katrina, the, she was on the show talking about homelessness. Uh, she, I was talking to her the other day and she said one of the, it blew me out of the water. Lalo. I, I was just like dumbfounded because she was like, she said, um, capitalism created homelessness and i was like holy fuck and she, and she reiterated she was like without capitalism there would not be homelessness and it's absolutely fucking i mean it's so simplistic and i'm you know we can argue the point that it didn't cause but in the end capitalism created this fucking problem and it could solve it but it's not going to it, it won't allow a solution to the problem that it itself created. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, capitalism creates most of our societal problems. It does. Um, that we have today. Yeah, when you really does. like, like, you know, look back and like, look into the details and what causes what, and you know, it created poverty, creates homelessness. It creates, you know, this huge, like healthcare, like epidemic where we can't afford healthcare. Yeah. Um, Addiction. 
addiction, uh, suicide. Because like, at the end of the day, like, capitalism is it's the greed of money. You know. Yeah. As long as you can make money, um, everything's good. And at the end, and most of you know these capitalistic ways are you're making money off the exploitation of other people. Right. But, you know, it doesn't affect you because you're the one making the money. It's like your employees are downtrodden, sick, depressed, mentally ill, stressed out, anxiety. Uh, and it's all because you, you're paying them, you know, this this wage that is just pathetic that hasn't, that, like we said, hasn't changed in 40 years, except yeah. you, we went from making you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to making fucking billions of dollars by paying our people less, working them more and exploiting the fuck out of them. And that's exactly what Marx and Engels talked about. It's exactly what they talked about. And I, I remember I've seen this, uh, it's like a little video that kind of explains it pretty well. Uh, it's like these, they're, uh, these construction workers, you know, they're working at a site and uh, their boss pulls up and like a brand new, like big old, like lifted truck, you know, and they're all like, you know, he steps out and the, all the workers are like, damn boss, like, you know, that's a nice truck, you know, uh, brand new, like, you know, of the year and all that stuff, you know, and he, and he goes up to them and he's all like, thank you. Like, and I'll tell you guys what, if you guys dedicate yourselves and you, and you know, you work hard, you know, you, you put in your time and you do well and you work hard and, you yeah. know, do it for you know, by this time next year, I'll buy myself a new one. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of capitalism in a nutshell. Like your people exploit the people below them. Yeah. Um, and as a that's their a, personal gain. That's the absolute truth of the situation. But what they truly say to you is, yeah, I, you know, I've been I founded this company when I was 21 and I worked really hard. If you do the same you can have what i have and that's not true at all it's a it's an illusion that it is a lot of these you know super rich people give their workers and why do they do that it's to get them to work harder than than they want to than they need to than they should and to shift to shift that that negative view of them away from them and say hey the problem, yeah, that's shift the responsibility back onto the worker to say, hey, this is this truck is my hard work. And if you work as hard as I work, then you can have a truck like this. Yeah. And it makes people have that self doubt like, I must not be working hard. I enough. must not be doing what I need to do. Exactly. Yeah. It, and uh, and this, that's Animal that. Farm. It's uh, Boxer, the horse. Have you read Animal Farm? Yeah. Yeah. I will work harder. That's what boxer said. Oh, well, uh, if things aren't getting done, well, I must not be working hard enough. I will work harder. And he worked himself to the point where uh, he worked himself into the glue factory. And that's basically what the all were fucking doing. So while, while billionaires take fucking rides into space, (laughs) which I, you know what? I, I had a I had some respect for Jeff Bezos until I I began to read about what the hell he did and what he's doing and now he's launching him and his brother and one of the highest bidders of course into space for 35 seconds but this whole thing is a fucking farce man you can he's, raise a minimum uh, wage as much as you want the, 
<laughs> did you see the petition to to leave Bezos in in space? Yeah, did you see who signed it? No, I didn't see who signed it. Um, I'm trying to remember what's his fucking name. The SpaceX guy, uh, Elon. Yeah, Elon Musk signed. <laughs> Elon Musk signed it. I mean, Elon Musk is kind of in the same boat as Jeff. Bezos, well, yeah, so well, he's I, a scumbag too. But whatever. He doesn't have that much room to talk. But um, well, I'm. You yeah. know what? Elon Musk is going to make me rich, bro. <laughs> is he? Yeah. <laughs> but he's going to make himself richer. Remember that. Well, that's the. But isn't that that that's fine? Isn't that what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast? It's like it's not. We don't want to be the billionaire. We just want to be better. You know, that's I don't true. dream of being a fucking billionaire. That's retarded. I don't want to be a billionaire. I just want to. I just want to be able to pay my bills and go on vacation and drive a decent truck. And when something goes wrong, like I need brain surgery or something, I don't want to have to be like, "Well, I'm ruined." <laughs> yeah. Just want a better life. But Musk is so fucking smart. I mean, he. I think Bitcoin was at 52,000 and he said, well, Tesla's not going to take it anymore. So it drops to 38, then it drops to 32. And yesterday there was a rumor that he's talking about taking Bitcoin again, which tells me that he must have bought in at 32. But to see, to see, see that to me, that doesn't make him like, I don't think Elon Musk is like this, you know, once like this generational like genius type no level. he's just conniving yeah he's very like manipulative he he reminds me a lot of uh steve jobs oh yeah where uh i don't know if you've ever re- read about steve jobs yeah no, i read his autobiography it, it really was you know, disappointing he was like super hard on his like employees and like engineers like his daughter you know, he, yeah he, he had the vision of what he wanted and then he just told him like this is what i want this is how i want you know this to work this to look yeah figure i don't it care out. how you do it just figure it out you know yeah and you know he got this praise of like you know being this fucking super like revolutionary dude and i mean don't get me wrong he was you know he did a lot of good things but a lot of the a lot of those good things were credited to him when in reality he was just like he was just like the composer you know or like yeah. the conductor yeah, like the conductor of the band when you know, the real work, the real, you know, music was created by the people behind the scenes. And I think Elon Musk is, is a lot in the same, uh, is in the same boat as him. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's actual like literal geniuses probably working at Tesla. Oh that, yeah, know, definitely. Some of the shit you know, that they're figuring out. Yeah. And you know, they're, you know, and then Elon gets all this praise of being like the super genius, like fucking you know, the greatest businessman of this century. But right. He's just a manipulator. But to me, it was fucking genius manipulation to look at, at a, a a Bitcoin and say, well, it's at 52,000. I'm not going to take it anymore. And it immediately drops. And, you know, as soon as it dropped and when he thought it was at its lowest point, he buys back in with how many fucking billions of dollars can he just throw at it and then say, I'm going to take it again and double his money. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, him doubling his money, did that come at the expense of like thousands of other people losing a lot of money? Absolutely. When he crashed it? Yeah, absolutely. And see, and that to me, that's where it turns from like, oh, you know, he fucking work in the, work in the system, you know, like, yeah, good for him to like, 
he's doing it at the cost of I mean, don't get me wrong, there's like a lot of rich people already already on, you know, the whole Bitcoin train. Right. But there's a lot of people that, you know There's a lot of poor that, people in it too, and I'm fucking yeah. one of them. <laughs> and when they lose money at his expense and then he makes you know, he doubles his money like two months later. Mm-hmm. That to me is when it's like it's fucked up. It is fucked up. But you know, until they regulate it, it's not, you know, he's going to be in control. There are going to be people like him and him are in control of it just by what they tweet, just by what yeah. they say. And markets rise and fall. But hasn't it always been like that? The stock market's like that. Certain people can say certain things and watch the stock market crash. Did I lose you, man? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> my phone's ringing. My phone, my headset is connected to my phone. Oh, okay. So it like disconnects the mic. <laughs> um, I know that happens when I'm in the van at work, and I'll be listening to music, and the phone rings, and then I'm talking to somebody <laughs> on the phone with a van full of people. I'm like, hold on, man. I'm trying to drive and turn the phone off. And <laughs> no, but yeah, it's. I think when it comes to like Bitcoin and like cryptocurrency, that's that's very different than the actual stock market because Bitcoin is completely like uh, it's not tied to a government, you know. Right. It it could technically be used anywhere. If you know, Bitcoin is, I mean, and I mean, it's the same with money anywhere. It's worth what people make it worth. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But once enough people buy in. And, you know, they take it as, you know, currency and they accept it as currency and they start using it as currency. That's when you're really going to see it fucking explode. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's huge right now. Um, but it doesn't have that, that like, widespread, like, uh, usage and, like, acceptance yet. Right. You know, you can't go to the fucking gas station and fill up your car with, with Bitcoin. But the day that happens, I know. or, I mean, a little bit right before that. Once you get the, you know, that, that wide usage and, you know, just that's our new currency, if it ever comes to that, that's when it's really gonna, it's going to be interesting because like I said, it's not tied to a government. So it's going to be really hard to regulate it as one government is tied to it. Now, Venezuela adopted it as its national currency alongside the dollar Bitcoin. Isn't Venezuela like fucking... Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I mean, they're like Germany after World War II. Yeah, I'm just saying there is one one country that it's tied to now. And I mean, just imagine that, like, it, like a country like Venezuela, where their money is literally worthless. Yeah, and then they just completely switch over to Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Like, what does that do, like, for the economy I, as a country? You know, I don't know. Like, we're going to see. That's hard. that was the, yeah. the experiment. We're going to see what happens. You go from like a super overinflated. Uh, currency to Bitcoin, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on because that's a, that's a big that's a big jump in the well, opposite direction. What I did was that Dogecoin. I I bought some Dogecoin and then I was doing some you know because people making fucking millions of dollars off this thing because they got in when it was like worth point zero 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 one five. 
and they jump in and now it's worth 33 cents or 34 cents. And you do the math on that and you're like, fuck, I just made $7 million, you know? So (laughs) it should have been bought more. And that's what my wife said. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, I found this other one called Shiba and you, which is like, it was a meme. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought Shiba and you, I bought seven million coins and then I bought 14 million and I bought 21 million. And now there's all this, it, it was just bought by, uh, or it was just adopted by Coinbase. So now it can be used as currency. So this weird thing is happening and I, I'm not counting on it, but I, I wanted to be a part of it just in case, like you said, that, it's interesting to watch. You got that, uh, what is it called? That FOMO? FOMO, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I've read into those, like, um, they call them shit coins. Yeah. Um, we used to be called I, penny stocks is yeah. basically what they are. Yeah. And I mean, you just have to, you know, all these coins, all these people that like super like hella buy into them, you know, they all say the same thing. Like, you know, if it reaches a penny, we're going to be fucking rich. But what they don't tell you is like, if it ever does reach a penny, the like the total market cap of that coin would be like greater than like the entire world's like GDP. Right. Like that's what it would take for it to reach a penny. And th- they don't tell you that part. Right. They just tell you the part like, oh, if it reaches a penny, because to people, you know, you think a penny, like that's fucking, that's a penny. That's nothing. That's nothing. You know, of course they could do that. Uh, and they'll, they'll buy into it, you know, and it helps the people that already are in it. Cause they'll, you know, pump it up a little bit. It won't go to like a penny, but you know, all those people that are telling you like, oh, if it reaches a penny, we'll be rich. They're already like neck deep into that. <laughs> exactly. They, they bought it like two weeks ago. And, you know, <laughs> once you pump it, a little, pump it up a little bit, they're going to dump it. And then you're left at the bottom with fucking, you know, you lost all your money. The pyramid scheme of all yeah. pyramid schemes. It's definitely, a, some of them are definitely a pyramid scheme. Yeah. This Just, one, I, I don't know what to think. I, I'm in. Like you said, fear missing out, bro. Maybe if it happens, it happens. I think that would be funny as fuck if I would end up like that. Yeah. If you quit, if you if I go to work and they tell me you quit one day, then I'll know why. You'll know what happened, but we'll still be doing the podcast. I just hope that the internet access is as good in Europe as it is here. In Europe. <laughs> yeah, I think the latency might affect us a bit, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I'm, sure you could, you could, I'm, I'm sure you could, you'll be able to afford to to fly me out there every every week. Oh, absolutely! That that's an idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll but do it in person. How are you going to get to work on? Well, I'll, we'll do it in person on uh, Saturday on morning, and I'll fly you back on Sunday night. You'll be here in time, yeah. <laughs> especially on your on your private jet. <laughs> I could skip the the TSA. Well, you have higher hopes than I have, so that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing, man. Just the one thing I always say is only risk the amount that you're willing to completely lose when it comes to to stuff like because I mean a lot of that uh is literally just gambling, you know. Oh you're yeah, not- definitely. Definitely. That's what my um my friend told me last night. He was like, only invest what you're willing to lose. And I said, Man, I have twenty one million coins at uh, I spent 180 bucks. I said I can blow 180 bucks at a titty bar. Okay, <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and there's one of those things I talked about. I'm a fucking guy. I'm allowed to say that shit. Okay. <laughs> true that. True that. <laughs> Every now and then you just got to be a guy. Grab your junk and say something really fucking offensive. <laughs> you ready to stop, man? Uh, yeah. Because I'm going to get in trouble if I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on the person that's listening, but you might get an email or two. I might. I, I get, I get at least you know, when the only emails I really get and the phone calls I really get are when you're saying shit about Marxism. <laughs> I guarantee you, none of those people have ever, have ever read Karl Marx. <laughs> I'm willing to bet any amount of money right now. <laughs> I'll bet two Dogecoin that I, I you're right. I guarantee you, <laughs> none of those people can define socialism for you at all. Well, I could show you my whatever, college transcripts where I have Marxism. I took the class, so what, we're good to go. Whatever they say socialism is, I guarantee you, it's not even close. <laughs> but I mean, they could look that up on their own time. Or they can listen in and I'll try to explain it as, as best as I can. No, man, you can't do that because you said earlier that the internet has everything we need to know. Let them look it up them fucking selves. Yeah, and yeah otherwise... that, that we have the access in our fingertips doesn't mean people are going to actually go and look for it because they don't care for it. Like they, to them, it's, you know, this fucking evil thing. So why, why would I want to read about that? In my mind, I already know what it is. I already know it's fucking dumb. And it's stupid and it's, you know, the government going to control us and tell us how to live and, you know, make us wear masks forever and all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Wear masks forever. Well, we were actually like look into it and read it and try to understand it and, you know, try to understand why it hasn't worked in the attempts that it's been uh, try to, you know, some places have attempted it in in the past. Uh, not ideally, and you know they kind of put their own twist on it. Oh, absolutely! Um, but if you if you really think about it, and you know, try to imagine a society that runs where you know the the workers have the power, and and they have you know, just they're they're the ones that decide for themselves instead of having someone else decide for them. You know, where you're your own boss, even if you work for a giant corporation. If I ever started my own business again, that would be from the get-go, from the setup. I would let my employees invest because if you could invest in your own company, how hard would you work to make it work? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that that's applicable like across the board. You know, yeah. if you worked at fucking McDonald's and you took home the like a percentage of the profits that the restaurant made not just you know your fucking seven twenty five an hour right like you took actual profits um you would you know whether you're a fucking manager or you're a fucking you clean the bathrooms and scrub the toilets mm-hmm. if you took home you know percentage of the profits it would be ma- it would matter more to you because you're invested and it's it's kind of like that um and you would police you would police your own coworkers. You would tell them, get to work, motherfucker. (laughs) I'm trying to make more money here. Exactly. Exactly. Things will be a lot better. But here's the problem. Look, look, I know we're one hour and 15 minutes, but fuck it. Listen, we have at our fingertips everything we need to know about our health, about our cars, about our environment, about our 
politicians, our government. We, we have everything we fucking need to know. And we are still the fattest, laziest, stupidest fucking country in, in the world. Look at us. We have all this opportunity to learn, all this opportunity to be healthy, all this opportunity to, to thrive. And yet we're watching, we're, you know, power watching Netflix. It doesn't make any fucking sense, Lalo. It makes no sense that we have all the opportunity, all the knowledge that we could possibly need in our hand, in our phone, and we don't do it. We refuse to do it. I agree. And I mean, I wouldn't say we're one of the stupidest, but we're definitely uh, one of the most like ignorant countries there are uh, <laughs> compared to the rest of the world. Uh, the way we view the rest of the world versus the way the world views us um, yeah. are two completely different views, you know? Um, you know, you go to other places and you talk to them about, you know, like how healthcare runs in our in our country. Mm-hmm. They'll laugh in your face. They're like, what do you mean you have to pay to to get an ambulance, you know? Like that's that thought doesn't even cross their mind because, you know, to them it's healthcare. Like we want to take care of our people. Right. And so when you tell them like, oh, I didn't call the ambulance because, you know, I couldn't afford it. Like that's crazy talk <laughs> to them. And to us, it's just our way of life. Exactly. That's how we live our life. It's And that's why I say, okay, I I will take your, I will take what you said and I'll agree. Not stupid because stupid is organic, but we are ignorant. And that is just, that's what infuriates me sometimes because it's like, you hear things like what you just said and you want to explain, you know, other countries and they're like, no, fuck you. I don't want to hear what other countries do. We're the greatest country in the world. It's like, no we're not we're ignorant and closed-minded we don't want to learn we want things to continue the way they are for some fucking weird reason we don't want change because we're afraid of it well what if the ambulance could come and get you and you're what if what if you had needed brain surgery bro and you could just go get it wouldn't that be better well yeah but we don't want that why not because of socialism <laughs> what exactly. uh, i will i will accept my own death rather than change to a socialist country <laughs> and then you ask them what socialism is and they they can't they can't define it for exactly you. so there it is i i had to, i had to rant about that it only took three or four minutes but man when i see the uh, i go online and i I want to learn about something. I, I can get the perspective of an entire fucking planet, not my culture, not my town, not, not my PhD professor from college. I can get a worldview at my, my fingertips. And, and yet somehow we still have South- Southerners somehow. Maybe because the people that, the people that they elect and the people that are in power for them make it so that they keep continuing to think that the way that they do. But Lalo, how do they do it? How uh, do they do it? Everybody has the same access. I Well, most everybody. The, they're building, you know, I guess if you're stuck in poverty, you don't have 
the time that that I have. If you don't have the equipment to to look on the look this shit up, and if you don't have the know how to look this shit up, and no one's showing you how, then I can see it. But man, it's it's just so it like I said, it's fucking infuriating to me that we still have the ignorance that we have when we could solve so many problems if people would just do the research, listen to each other, and vote these stupid motherfuckers out. See, to me, the how is pretty simple. Um, it's just education. Yeah. Or the lack, the lack of education. Um, they deprive these places of the proper education that they deserve. Yeah. Because they know that, you know, once they, you know, they start thinking for themselves, <laughs> it's bye-bye, you know, Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these other people. Yeah. But I mean, to go to go a little bit back to what you were saying about how, you know, a lot of people here view the United States as the greatest country in the world when it clearly is not. Um, and I mean, that's not an I'm not saying, you know, it's the worst country or it's a no, bad country. Not at all. I think we ha- I think we we are capable of becoming, you know, quote, the best country. Like we have the means and we have the ability to do it. But our ignorance is preventing us from doing that. You know, we are, we are the richest country in the world. We're the most powerful country, hands down, like not even fucking close. Right. Even compared to China, you know, like we're the richest, most powerful, more, most influential. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, taking care of ourselves and taking care of our people, uh, we're, we're pretty far down the list. <laughs> yeah, we are. I've seen the lists. I've seen the 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 rankings are fucking pathetic they are but i mean like i said earlier i truly believe all that we're we're in like the the early stages of of a major shift we're like in the it's like the bottom of the of the third inning and once we get to that you know that eighth ninth inning that's when we're really gonna see 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 the big bats come out (laughs) i hope so man because you you said the key is education. Well, here, if you go, I will start where it's going to sound racist, but it's not because I, I have another, you know, example. If you go into the hood, any person that is trying to better themselves is fucking dangerous. You know, you, you, oh, you're going to college now. You, you, you think you're better than us. So there's that. That's happening. And if you go into Appalachia. If you go, you know, fucking faggots going to college, you going up there and learn shit that and you think you're better than us. It's just this weird fucking thing we have is like if you try to get ahead of your little clan or your little culture, you're immediately ostracized. And that keeps a ton of people home. They don't want to yeah. lose their family. They don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to lose their culture. And it was a fight for me to go get an education. I took a ration of shit, dude. I took a ration of shit from my friends and my family, the church, everybody was like, Oh, you're just, you're going to become educated and dangerous and you're going to leave us. And so they try to guilt you and they try to stop you from learning. And that's, that's pervasive throughout almost all poverty stricken cultures. So when, when we have the entire South like that, Appalachia, pockets in every city in america you're trying to educate people that are afraid of it or ignorant of it or 
they have no idea how to get it if they do want it. So we have to teach people how to educate themselves before we can even educate them. Yeah. Cause I mean, an, edu- an ed- uneducated population is a, is a controllable population. Yeah. You know? And that's been true since, you know, humans fucking started creating, you know, hierarchies. Yeah, exactly. If you can, if you maintain that, you know, education leverage and, you know, that power of the edu- of education on, you know, your subordinates, like you control them. Well, you know what socialism is? It's free education is what it is, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been a good night. Appreciate you, dude. You too, man. Yeah. That was a good one. It always is a good one. I, That's true. Somehow, somewhere, somebody's going to catch on to this and we're going to be fucking famous. <laughs> I'm going I'm to start sending the links to AOC directly. She's All right. She's bound to read. She's bound to... <laughs> She's about to open one of them. Well, you know what? Why not? Why not? Send it to everybody. I send it to everybody I get on my list. I I put on Facebook. I put on Instagram, everything. So if you have, it's a great idea. Send it to the people that are powerful that need to hear it, need to hear the message that these people like AOC, like Bernie, Maybe they are missing that one element of like, yes, we need to educate the people, but holy fuck, that guy's right. We need to tell them how to educate themselves to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, or you know what? It, as always, brother, I could be totally fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like some of our takes are pretty, pretty spot on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're, it, we're pretty great. <laughs> Not oh. our own horns or anything you'll be at work tomorrow yeah all right well you everybody's back now right uh yeah pretty much is uh it, at least at least at some capacity maybe not every day i mean i'm still not back fully like full time okay i'm gonna milk this until like literally the last day <laughs> but uh i feel like i've earned that since i've I, I mean technically i never stopped going into work i went in at some capacity you know at least a few days a week right since on. we started so I feel like I've earned the right to to milk this <laughs> this bubble work. I'm with you, man. I <laughs> I tried, but my my Appalachian work ethic fucking choked me out. <laughs> my socialist work ethic. I'm doing only what I'm getting paid to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Fucking a, and that's why you're my friend. I'm learning from you, brother. <laughs> All right, man. This has been Bob. And Lalo. And you know what, man? We could have been thoroughly fucking wrong. And I want everybody (laughs) under the sound of our voice today to go out and have a fucking life that you intend to have. Right on. Night, dude. Good night, man. See you next time. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong. <laughs>